You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you just love to worship God? I tell you, I could have continued, continued. Oh, it just gives us praise, gives honor unto Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It does, it does, it does. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple of scriptures that the Lord just kind of just put in my spirit today and some things. You know, I, I titled Sunday's message a certain title, and then my wife so sweetly reminded me or let me know that, listen, you didn't teach anything of what you were going to teach. That title is not the right title. So we changed the title of that one. And uh, so I said, you know, yeah, but it's still a good title. It's, it's a good title. And, um, but uh, anyways, she's right. I didn't teach anything of what I was planning on teaching on Sunday. So we're going to hopefully see if we can teach it tonight and share with you. And, uh, you know, nothing of the past equals the present. And so I just really feel like that. But anyways, the Lord just really, these two scriptures. So go to Psalm 67 with me. And uh, we're just going to share, you know, and that song that she just did that about worshiping and praising did, uh, is uh, just, I, I love that song. I mean, I, I love that, uh, you know, there is a king among us. So, but anyways, the Lord's just really been stirring in my heart a lot um, about what we need to do right now. What is our voice in the, in, the, in the earth right now? What we need to be doing to change all the other voices and all the other things that are being said and done. And, uh, you know, the enemy, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to stop us from uh, bringing back the king. And we are going to bring back the king. We're going to bring back the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that we are the generation. And the reason I believe that is because the Bible says the generation that it sees Israel become a nation and Jerusalem won back, that generation shall not pass away before Jesus comes back. And in 1948, uh, Israel became a nation. In 1967, Jerusalem was won back. So in that time frame, and it depends on however you think a, a generation is, how long it is, you know, depending upon what you've got your, you know, your wonderful numberology or numerology there, uh, I still believe that, glory to God, uh, that we have an opportunity to bring back the king. Amen? And because uh, I have my own thought process of what a, what a, what a generation is. But in the process of times, there are things that we need to do because we need to serve our generation by the will of God. You know that David, in Psalms, it says that David served his generation by the will of God. And so we need to serve our generation. We need to declare what God has done and what he is doing to this generation, to the next generation, to declare what God is doing. Amen? So here in Psalms... um, 67, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to read all seven verses, and I like the way it said it here. I just really liked what it said, and uh, verses six and seven is the one I want to get down to, but I just, I just liked what it said. He says this, may God be merciful and bless us. Mm. May his face smile with favor on us. Interlude, may your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. And it's, of course, interlude or Selah. It says, may the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. 
Now look at this. Then the earth will yield its harvest. And God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us. And people all over the world will fear him. You know, I really believe that we need to be a generation of praise. That we need to be a generation of declaring what God is doing. Uh, You know, because for those of us that are older, you know, we've went through several revivals. And I had the joy of being in a lot of revival. I've had the joy of being connected over the last many years of my life. I was, you know, born again in church, so I was raised in church. So I got to be involved ever since the the charismatic movement, the Jesus movement, uh, uh, going into what they would call a word of faith movement, then going into different other avenues of, of what's going on here. But over the last 50 years of seeing and knowing and being in those things, or actually more than that, but in the last 50 years, I know it sounds old, doesn't it? Golly, I just was thinking that when I was saying that to myself that I thought, oh my gosh, I remember that. I do remember those things. And I remember this. I'm thinking, that's 50 years ago. I said, that's sad. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, some of you have been longer than I have. And we're just so glad you're here, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what I always tell. You know, I always have coffee with Brother Self, who's 92. So he always reminds me that he's, he's been in more revivals than me. So I tell him, that's good. I'm going to keep going. But um, I, I truly believe that God wants us to say something. But many times people don't understand, what are we supposed to declare? What are we supposed to be saying? How do we praise God for his goodness? Well, g- go with me if you went over to Psalms 145. You're there in Psalm 67. Go to Psalms 145. Because when I make that statement, there's nothing of the past that's equal to the present. What that simply I'm saying is we've got to not look, we look back to the memorials, we look back to all of the good things. I love to look back, I love to study, I love to look at history because history helps us with our future. It's a blessing because it keeps us focused to, to, to how hungry we want to be. And, uh, but we've got to make God's presence real and a reality in our lives right now. And, and I found this out. It, it, the hardest thing for people to do is to continue to stir up the gift of God. Continue to say, you know what? God still has something for me. You remember what Paul said? Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, I think around verse 13 and 14 there, he said, you know, my brethren, I've not apprehended but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth to those things which are before me. I press toward the mark to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing in. I'm going to keep pressing. What I'm, I'm going I'm to forget. Yeah, there's been some great things. There's been some good things happening, but I'm going to keep pressing in for what God has for me. And it's hard for people to keep pressing in. Sometimes we get, to, it's easy just to kind of coast or it's easy to kind of say, you know what? I, I've done my share. But I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't feel that at all. I feel like, glory to God, there is so much more we can do. So much more we need to see. And yeah, I've seen some glorious things in the past. I mean, I haven't. I want to see it now. I, I'm not going to be satisfied till I see revival, till I see miracles, signs, and weather, till I see the very atmosphere crackling with the power and the presence of God. I am not going to be satisfied till it rains. I mean, till we can't. We have to get there. We want to get there. We have a desire to be there. Hallelujah. Till the building's full. Till you, you, know, you just want to open up the windows and try to see in. Amen? 
I mean, I believe that. We've seen that, and we need to see that again and again. Yeah, I know the world. I know what's going on in the world. I know that, but I know, glory to God, that there can be an outpouring of God to flow and to come and to do. Amen? And so I believe that. But here in Psalms 145, you know, it's just, you know, these things, as I was reading that, just kind of studying, the Lord just said, you know, this is what the children of Israel did. And this is what they declared over their lives and over their nation and over their thing. He said, don't you think it'll be a blessing if you do the same thing? And I thought, I like that. Hallelujah. Because in Psalms 145 verse 1, it says, and I'm reading down to the King James. It says, I will extol thee, O God, oh my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day, every day will I bless thee. Every day will I do And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Glory to God. No matter if you think something, he's even far greater than that. Hallelujah. And then this is the verse that really, because uh, I was looking up generations and things that we need to, but one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. How you know we've got to stay on fire? We have got to for the next generation. We've got to. And we've got to show what God can do, deep things of God, and show what it is to really touch and get a hold of God and have the spiritual maturity to watch what God can do and bring a presence into the lives of all people around us. I believe that. With all, you know, the one thing I really miss, I really miss about Brother Hagin being gone to heaven is I really miss he always would just bring us stability. He'd always have the right word. He'd always bring in stability. You know, one of his favorite sayings was, you know, the, I've heard the winds blow before, but it's just never smelled this bad. And, uh, you know, in different times, because we'd say, has it ever been this? He'd say, you know, this, and he'd say, things come and go in, in like 30-year cycles and stuff, and he would share it, he would share stories. But he'd always bring us back to the word. And he'd always bring us back to the word because he said, we have, we have to, every generation has to fight. Every generation has to fight for the brother and every generation has to let God be God in their generations. Because you remember in Psalm 78 when it was talking about the children of Israel because they didn't declare the, what God did and they didn't uh, uh, you know, praise the works to one to another. They didn't declare the miracles of Zoan to the next generation. The Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. And I think we've been limiting God a lot. And I also think we've been watering them down. Hallelujah. We've been watering them down. And man, I can't wait to preach to you on Sunday. It's going to be an incredible time to preach to you about freedom and what true freedom is and how we've allowed a lot of things to come in. But I don't want to get over on Sunday's message. How did I want to stick into this one and what we're doing here? But look what he says. He said in verse 5, I will speak of the glories, the glories, uh, glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Men shall speak of thy might and of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. I truly believe we need to declare what God is doing and not what the enemy is doing. Yeah, we can say this is what happened, but praise God, guess what God's going to do? The enemy may have meant this for evil, but God's going to turn around and he's going to make it good. God's going to turn this thing around. God's going to cause things to take place. And God's going to uh, uh, bring his plan and his purpose in, in, into our lives. Amen. Look at verse 8. He said, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. 
We seem to take a selah right there, aren't you? That, that verse right there should just jump out and just you just be, the Lord is gracious, he's full of grace, and he's full of compassion, and he's slow to anger. Hallelujah. And he's of great mercy. I'm so glad I'm not getting what I deserve. Hallelujah. That's where mercy comes in. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. But I'm so glad mercy is not getting what you do deserve. I thank God for mercy. Mercy is such a, a great thing. And here's the thing about it. Did you know mercy? You get a revelation of mercy, your faith grows. Because you know why? Because when you understand God's mercy and the mercy that Jesus has shed for you, then you don't ever get frustrated about you asking God for things or you don't ever get frustrated about using your faith when the devil says, well, you don't deserve that. Oh, come on, you don't think, what what are you asking for that for? You don't deserve that. Are you kidding me? Why would God want to bless you? Like, why would God want to do that for you? And you just turn it around on the devil and say, devil, I know I don't deserve it. I know that, man, he wouldn't want to do it for me, but he'd do it for Jesus. Jesus deserves that, right? Jesus deserves that. Don't you think Jesus died for it? Jesus deserves all that. And God wants to do it for his son. And I'm in Christ. So he wants to do it for me. Not because of me, not because of anything, but because of Jesus, I get to get it. Jesus deserves it, but I get it. That changes everything. See, that's why everybody talks about grace, grace. Man, I I talk about mercy, mercy, mercy. (laughs) I love mercy. Hallelujah. Why? Because glory to God, God's given me this mercy. Thank God for God's grace to do the things I can't do, and I thank God for that. But man, to receive from God, my faith is big because my mercy is big. Amen? See, the devil's always trying to tell you, look at yourself in the natural. Look at yourself outside of Christ. Look at all these things here. That, yeah, this is what the, yeah, but the Lord's full of compassion. The Lord is so gracious. The Lord is, so, and he's of great mercy. Look at verse nine. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Amen. See, so when you got, you, in your heart, you feel like I need to ask God for this or I need to get God in this situation. And you're thinking, yeah, well, have I done this or have I done that? doesn't matter. Jesus already paid the price. Jesus did it all. Jesus deserves it. And you get it. Amen? Because he paid the price for you. That's a good saying. I need to write that down. Anyways, praise the Lord. I mean, as we see this, they went through this and they began, you know, hallelujah, and begin to speak of his kingdom and of his glory and, uh, and of his power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now jump down to verse 16. Actually, back up to verse 15. It says, The eyes of all that wait upon thee, you give them their meat in due season. means you supply all their needs. You open up your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. See, you thought I made that up. You thought I was yeah, getting out in left field saying, well, Jesus deserves it. I get it. I can ask for it. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I can get what Jesus said I could have it. Jesus said I could do. And when I say that, it's for the kingdom of God. It's for lives to be changed. It's for God to use me. Because you want to do the things of the Lord. God's going to meet your needs. God's going to supply. Hallelujah. Because Jesus deserves it. Amen. Right. I, I, we don't, but he does. And we're in him. Amen. And we get mercy and we get grace. Hallelujah. You know, he deserves it, but we get it. I just love that. That's just making me happy just saying that. 
might not make you happy, you know. Uh, but it makes me happy to realize, you know what? It's not on my merit. It's not on my goodness. It's not on what I've done or haven't done. It's all about his grace, his mercy. It's me believing in him, me allowing God to be God in my life, me being obedient to him. Amen. There is an obedience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We, we see this because, but I love this verse. He opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. Amen. I mean, wow. Now look at verse 20. The Lord preserves all of them that love him. Wow. But all the wicked he will destroy. Then he says, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Listen, the past is great. Thank God for the revivals. Thank God for the supernatural things. Thank God for all And if your past is ugly and you got saved, thank God that your salvation is here. But guess what? The present right now is the greatest time to be alive. The present right now is the most exciting, the most glorious, and the most wonderful time to be is right now. Amen. I never forget when the Lord told me, listen, he said, if you're more excited about the past than you are about the future or the present, then what will happen is, is that you will not receive God's fullness of what he has for you. Because you can never move forward always looking back or always thinking about this. Because I, I got caught up and said, Lord, I want you to do this again. I want you to do that again and do it again. Do this, do this. And, and, and because, you know, there's, and it's, it's good to say, hey, Lord, I want you to do this thing. Do it again. You know, here we go. But I believe God wants to do it his way right now. He wants to stir up. There's ways that he's going to meet. It's amazing. I just read something that was so amazing that it was just a really incredible about it. And, well, no, I'm going to use that on Sunday. Can't tell you that one. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. No, I'll tell it to you anyways. Hallelujah. And I may use it or may not use it. But anyways, uh, back uh, many years ago, there was a missionary from Canada who went to Papua New Guinea, which is just right above Australia. And there's, there's a lot of great things going on. But he was one of the very first to go in there and minister to these certain people. And he went in there and he began to share the gospel and he was began to share the gospel about Jesus and of course tell him the story about how Jesus and how Judas was betrayed or Judas betrayed Jesus and everything. But what happened is these people, in their eyes, Judas was the hero, Jesus was the bad guy for the whole culture of this of their whole tribe. Because in their culture, in their culture, treachery, deceitfulness, and lying, you were great. The more you could treat you know, uh, treat people terrible, and the more that you could lie, cheat, steal, and do anything, you were considered this great person. And so they knew the story of that, but, but Judas was, was the hero in that story. And so he thought, he's, I got to figure out a whole new way of preaching the gospel to reach these folks. You know, he did. And here's the wonderful thing about it, is he did. And that's why we have Bible schools on Papua New Guinea today. We have God's reaching that nation amazingly. Because of one person who decided to be, realize, how do we change? How do I handle this? You know, how do I do that? Now all of us are thinking, how did he do it? The, what I read, they didn't tell me how he did it. But he turned it around because, like I said, I know personal friends of mine that are teaching there, been there, teaching there. And there's, you know, there's actually a rhema pop in New Guinea. And, uh, of course, there's still parts of the island that they're cannibals and they eat people. So that's still good things too. But... <laughs> 
But what I'm saying is he reached these folks with this and, and, and to, to, to change it around or to say, but he didn't say, hey, I've got to do it the old way. No, I've got to figure out a new way. And there is a truth and there is, I mean, we don't change the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. You can't change the gospel. But we sure can change how we deliver it, but also we can come into what God's saying. But here's what I, I'm trying to get across tonight is, is that we need to start speaking words of life even more so. You know, just say, I'm continually, I don't know about you, but I'm continually to speak rain, natural and spiritual. I am just speaking, I'm asking the Lord rain in the time that I've been doing that constantly, constantly. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I am believing for that. I am believing that no matter what they say, we're in our dry seat. I don't care. I'm, we're in our, we're in a, we're going to have a monsoon come somewhere or something's going to happen. I know, you know, and I'm just like thanking God for that. And I'm going to continue until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Because we're going to believe for what God's going to do. He can turn it around. Why? Because we're here. We're here and we're going to see God do what he needs to do in our lives. See, what I'm saying is we got to magnify God and what he's doing. We need to tell every, we need to tell somebody something about what God is doing in our lives every day. What's God doing? God's helping. God's doing things. Just begin to do it. I remember this, you know, the Lord just reminded me of things and he's continually reminding me. When I pastored, I pastored in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the inner city for 12 and a half years. And uh, when we went in there, it was, uh, you know, a really bad situation. We went into an old theater, and it was a rough part of it. It was just rough. It was in the inner city. I mean, it was bad. It was in the 80s. It was 1982. And um, when we went in there, uh, this building was a monster building. It was huge. It was 26,000 square feet, and it was five stories high, and... It was leaking. The roof was dilapidated. There was just waterfalls coming down everywhere. There was you stuck to the floor because it was a theater, one movie theater, and it had just all kinds of bad things. And it was such a challenge. And I, it, you know, and so you, we always had these crazy stories. And so everybody wanted to hear all the stories. So I kept telling how bad the stories were. So the stories kept getting worse. You know, every year I'd have more and more bad stories because I would tell everybody. So when I would come back to Rama, talk to me and say, well, what happened this year? I'd say, well, this, this. They'd say, you're the only one that has these kind of stories. In fact, what would happen is, is that all my pastor friends, when they're having a bad day, they would call me and I would tell them what was going on that day. And they'd say, I love where I pastor. I love where I pastor. I would never pastor where you pastor. You know, but then the Lord dealt with me. He said, because I, I said, God, what's wrong with me? How come all these crazy things are happening? You know, you've heard my story. And I, got, I drove up to church, and when I had the car sticking out the side of my building, I said, all right, Lord, that's enough. When you got a car eight feet up, it's planted in the side of your building, and it's a solid brick building, and, uh, and you're wondering how it got there, and all the doors are open, and the police are standing out there, and they say, well, yeah, we were chasing this guy last night, and he decided to pick your building to stop. <laughs> I said, well, apparently he jumped. He said, yeah, he did. So, you know, and I said, okay, this is exciting. I said, Lord, we need to have it. He goes, well, you keep confessing it into being. You keep speaking about what the devil's doing. He'll keep doing more and more things. If you side in with the world, he said, you got to start speaking about what God's doing. And from that point on, I never, I just totally said, yeah. And they, hey, they said, what's, oh, no, God's blessing is what God's doing. God's blessing, supernatural, everything's great. No more, no, no more stories. Did I have stories? Oh, man, did I have stories. But I wasn't going to tell them. But, you know, they diminished. They started diminishing. 
And they started diminishing and God was doing more things than what the devil was doing. Because I was magnifying what God was doing. I began to share what God was doing. I began to share God's doing, God's saving our city, God's saving people, God's bringing people, God's, God's doing supernatural things. God's doing it. And I began to praise him and I began to acknowledge him. And God started doing supernatural things and it was so wonderful. Hallelujah. That he, God paid off the building. God brought people to come in. God brought, and I was saying those. And, and God just began to remind me. He said, listen. He said, you've got to double up on everything. What do you mean? Got to double up on your praise. Did you notice there in, in Psalm 67, it said that when the earth brings forth its praise, or, you know, we begin to praise. When the people praise it, then the harvest comes. We better have a voice of praise. Yeah, I am on the other side of the coin because I'm always, I do. I always make myself happy. I always preach myself happy. I always pray myself happy. I, I do. I talk to myself. I look at myself and say, you better straighten up, get right, let's do this. Why are you doing this? I do that all the time because I believe that what God's word says is true. Amen? And the Bible talks about that. You know, I use the scripture on Sunday because the Bible says that a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And, and if, if, listen, if we as the church don't speak life over our communities, if we don't speak life over what's going on, then uh, it's going to continue to go down and down and down, and we're not going to have the power and the fire of God. And, you know, and I've prayed and prayed and prayed and talked to God about all kinds of things. I said, Lord, if you're not going to let me leave this place, then revival has to come. Amen? Not that I want to leave. I like being here. God sent me here. I'm excited to be here. Hallelujah. I am. I'm here till Jesus comes or until he comes down and tells me something different. Amen? And so if I'm here, we're going to have rain. We're going to have the presence of God. We're going to have a move of God. Yeah, it can get a little exciting. That's okay. Because have been through all that. But that's okay. We can handle it. We can do it. We can have the real power and the fire of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We can where needs are met, where the Word of God has free course because there's no stop to the Spirit-filled life. I want all of you to to begin to recognize and understand and know the Spirit of the living God living and dwelling on the inside of you. That the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. And if He's in you, He'll quicken your mortal body. He'll make it live. He'll stir you up. Say, well, that's just not my personality. Well, glory to God, we're going to get you alive. Even if we can get you to just twiddle your thumbs, and that'll be good. If that's a Holy Ghost move, that's we want to move you. All right? That's okay. But we're going to let God stir your heart. We're going to watch God do this because it's God's desire that we begin to cry out that, God, you don't think we're not going to have revival in, do you? That we are going to have. And I don't care if we've had it in the past or whatever. We're, it's our generation. It's our time. It's our place. Glory to God. God, you've called us here. You've got us here. We don't care. Whether. We're going to do it, and we're going to finish our course. Amen? We're going to finish our course. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. I truly, truly, truly believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. And Because I believe the Word of God. I believe that he said that there's going to be this because he said the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter as the noonday sun. So as we keep getting drawn closer to the Lord's return and we know that the Lord's going to return and we know that it's close. Amen? It is so close. It is so close. But praise God, even with it being so close, hallelujah, we just got to keep finishing. We got to occupy till he comes. We just got to keep going with God. 
And now here's the thing too. Listen, and let me just share something. Listen to this really closely. Listen, the church is always going to triumph. We are not going to be defeated. We're not going down and going under. You know, Yeah, we may get persecuted, but the power of God's going to be made manifest even greater. Every time the church got persecuted, it grew. And God's given us authority. Amen? God gave us authority. Hey, and so we need to understand that. The church is more powerful today than it's ever been. See, when I say that, you go, no, you, no, no, no. The church is more powerful today than it's ever been. Because we're closer to Jesus and God. There's more revelation. There's more word going forth. There's more glory to God. Hallelujah. Of what he, you know, we're, we're having understanding. We're having revelation. But we have to take hold of it. See, the word's been spoken. The word's been given. But it doesn't produce anything until someone on earth believes it and someone on earth speaks it. And we're going to speak it in our generation. We're going to talk it. I mean, if you've seen, if you would have seen what was going on in the city and, the, and I love that. I love that the Lord reminds me of things because we see things. We see things now where people are afraid. There's fear. But when I came into the inner city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1982, which is, was big. There's two and a half million people there at that time. And uh, all, the, all the high schools in the city, they all played their football games in the afternoon under lock and key with just the cheerleaders on one side and the cheerleaders on this side. Nobody in the stands because they were killing people. Because of all the things that were going on, because of gangs and violence, they had to go through metal detectors and everything, and all the schools were barred. And they didn't. And they canceled a lot of sports. They canceled all of their wrestling because everybody was getting in fights. So they had no wrestling program for all of these schools. That's like that would be like, you know, uh, uh, the city of San Francisco almost thinking every high school in town we're not going to have anything. And so there was no hope for the kids. There was no no joy, no nothing. The mayor. Of the, of, the, of the town, of the, the whole city said, he called all of us clergies together and he said, hey, thank God he had enough sense. And he was the best mayor they ever had. He said, hey, we don't know what to do. Can you guys help us in those areas? You're in these areas. Will you, you know, and, and basically said, well, as long as you don't give us restrictions, let us preach Jesus, let us do what we can do, we'll help you. And we began to pray and we began to go in there and God you know, uh, gave us a, a whole thought process. He gave us a whole things. We wrote curriculums. We went in there. We created a whole bunch of things. But we went in there and began to preach Christ. And we began to preach Jesus. And God began to turn the tide. And, and, and God began to turn things around. God began to open up uh, lives. And so, and after a period of five years, and the first things they're doing this, you know, getting this, is that, you know, we actually got all of those things. They had Friday night sports again. They had all kinds of, and, and one of the biggest things that they, they, they attributed it to was that we actually came in and began to show them. Now, they, they eventually kicked us out after, you know, said, okay, now we're done with you. You know, after you got everything fixed, you guys can't come in anymore. But, <laughs> which is what the devil does. And then I don't know what they're doing now. Maybe terrible. Who knows? You know, there's issues. But we changed the whole course of two and a half million people of just being there and seeing what God can do in, in the lives of that. And God began, he said, oh, what did you do? You just did it one person at a time. You did it one thing. And the key was we began to pray. And we began to just say, here's what we can do. Here's how we can handle this. Let's do this. Let's take hold of the word of God. Because it was bad. There was things happening all the time. But God was doing miracles, signs, and wonders all the time. 
It was. And I want to see that again. I do. I do. I want to see signs and wonders again. I said, Lord, you can't, you know, let me see all this stuff and then not let me see it again. He said, well, the reason is it's you. That's why you don't see it. It's you. You can see as much as you want to see. I said, okay, I hear it. I hear you. He said, what were you doing? I said, I know. I, you, had to, you had to be on your toes. You had to be ready. But let me give you these things in the next 11 minutes here real quick. I want to give you five things about your spirit that you've got to start looking to see. If you want to see miracle signs and what, and if, but you've got to continue to praise God. You've got to continue to say all the good things that God's doing. Acknowledge he's in your life. Acknowledge what he's doing. Thank him. Have an attitude of thanksgiving. But I want to give you th- five things that you need to do with your spirit. You need to begin to get more spirit conscious than you do soul conscious or self-conscious. Amen. You know, I told you that when the devil did what he did on Sunday and all the junk, you know, I go out and I'm going to, I'm going to just, I mean, I, I talked to uh, a, a young man today, you know, about sharing with him about some things that he shared with me about that his, you know, uh, grandmother's passed away and uh, so who I knew. So, but I mean, I, my heart is I'm planting seeds. I'm sharing. I'm trying. I'm not only planting, I'm trying to water and I'm trying to reap. I'm trying to harvest. Hallelujah. I'm, because I, my heart is, is that that's what we got to do. We got to go out because if we can get one person, hallelujah, born again, that can affect a whole family, can change a whole group of folks. Amen. And you never know who you're going to touch and who you're going to talk to. So let me give you these five things. First of all, let's start making sure we're listening to the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Listening. You've got that same Spirit. It's going to quicken you. It's going to show you. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So let's start listening. Let's listen. So how do I listen? It's on the inside. It's not out here. Man, there's so many voices out there, so much junk going on, so many things. We need to just start listening on the inside. Amen? Because how you know, if you listen to him, he'll make you a genius. But here's the thing. Many times you won't listen to him because you're not looking to him. Second, you've got to look to the Holy Spirit. Look on the inside. Where's the answer going to come from? It's going to come from within. Look on the inside. Expect him to do those things. He's there. He's so together with you. He so wants to show you. He so wants to do this. Amen? Hallelujah. And we need to get a hold of the word of God so we can, you know, as we, as we listen to those, that's number one. Number two is to look to him. And this next one's kind of interesting because the Lord spoke, he said, why don't you observe the spirit? What does the spirit do? What is being led? What did Paul say? Do you know Paul was stressed? It, 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 you know, uh, the Bible says, well, I wrote these things down here. Let me, let me grab them here real quick. You know, it said, well, first of all, Paul had no rest in his spirit. You know, he also was stirred in his spirit. And, you know, here's another thing. It said Paul was pressed in his spirit. And I looked up that word pressed, and that's a really interesting word of what he meant here. It meant that Paul was so consumed with teaching the word of God that he wasn't going to stop to do anything else. He was so consumed with teaching and trying to get truth to people. But he was just, he, he was like, I've got to get this message. I've got to get it across. I've got it in this. And then also Paul was purposed in the spirit. And when Paul had a purpose, he was determined to do. You remember when Agabus came down and said, the man that owns this girdle is going to get bound and put into prison. And everybody said, Paul, Paul, don't go, don't go. And, they just, and then Paul said, why are, you, why are you trying to break my heart? I'm not only ready to go get bound, but I'm ready to die. You know, I've heard that preach that Paul missed God there. 
by well-known ministers, well-known preachers that I respect. But I'm so glad that Paul missed God because if he hadn't got bound and gone into prison, we wouldn't have half the New Testament. But anyways, but I understand because these people are trying to warn, but Paul said, no, 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 I am, I go, I'm bound. I'm determined, I'm bound, I've got to go. And when you observe the spirit of God in you, see, what do I mean by that also? When I observe, you ever gone into a place where you just felt yucky? You got into a place where you're like, what's, what's going on here? Have you ever gone into a home and you feel like, ooh, man, it's just heavy in here. And you just know that harsh words have been spoken right before you got there. There was a big argument. There's a big fight. And the Holy Spirit just, because you brought the Holy Spirit into a place he wasn't welcome. He'll, he'll show you. You observe what the Spirit is doing. See, see we listen, and we, but we look, but we also observe things because we sense things. Amen? Are you still here? Y'all go, all good? Y'all good? Hallelujah. Because here's the thing too. That's the third thing. Is the, other, here's the, the fourth thing is, man, don't deny the, 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 the alarmingness of in, of in your spirit, the alarmingness or the impressions that the Holy Spirit gives as many as are led. It just seems good. And you know that Luke wrote the book of Acts because it seemed good? Aren't you glad he seemed good that it was good to do? Hallelujah. But it was an impression of what the Holy Spirit was saying. Hey, do this. Hey, go here. Hey, say this. You may not know what to do. What are you doing? Because God may be doing things because he wants to get things through you to get things to others. But he's also showing you these things here. Hallelujah. So grab grab that. And then here's the thing. The Bible says in, in John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but he'll speak of the things that I tell him, and he will show you things to come. When it says that word show, it says it'll show you by intensity and repetition. Listen, this, the last thing is, do not deny the signals of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's got big red flags, and many people, and you know, they, don't, they just deny that, and they keep going forward. How many you know that God... Hallelujah. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to give you signals. He's trying to show you so that you don't have bad things, so that you don't have things get brought, you know, messed up in you, so you don't do. Amen? Those are things that you got to grab all. Because listen, we've got the greatest person of the Godhead living and dwelling on the inside of us. We've got God's word that is the most powerful thing in all the world is the word of God. It'll change everything. And so God's given us everything to succeed, everything to, to receive, and everything to produce all that God wants to do. And he's waiting on you and I. He's waiting on us to begin to say and, and us to agree and us to believe. Amen? Because when you believe it, you begin to say it, you begin to act on it, and God does great things. You know, he reminded me of this, and I'll close on this. He said, you remember... Those three lepers. How many of you remember the, the, well actually no, it's four lepers, excuse me. The four lepers in the Old Testament that when Jerusalem was all bound up and they were dying and, and people were, you know, a donkey's head was going for this and, and, and Doug's doo-doo, or Dove's doo-doo was going for, not Doug's, but Dove's. But there's no Doug's in here, we're all good. Dove's, Dove's, anyways, was going for all kinds of things, wasn't good. And those four lepers are outside, and they're like, listen, if we stay here, we die. And if we go down there, they might kill us, or they might just kill us, they might feed us. And so, what they, so let's just go. 
And God used four lepers to wipe out three giant armies. He used the sound of four lepers walking toward the, there that everybody said, oh, it sounds like the sound of, oh, the Israelites have hired these people and they've hired those people and they start killing each other. Pretty crazy, huh? And that's why the prophet said, this time tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. They said, even if God rains things out of heaven, he said, well, you're going to see it, but you're not going to, you're going to die from it. You're going to get run over. And you know, that servant did. He got ran over by all those people. But see, God used the most unlikely, and God can use you and I. Amen? God can use you and I. God just said, hey, he said, you don't limit me. Watch what I can do. And I'm like, yeah, God, that's, that's pretty wild. You use four lepers. And you just, you, and all they did was say, if we stay here, we die. And if we go over there, they might kill us, but who cares? We'll die. But if they don't, maybe we'll get something to eat. You see, you get an impression. That's all they are. God put a thought into their head. Or God is like, hey, what do you think? They've been sitting there for days starving. Why did they pick that? Because God said, hey, the prophet of God said, by this time tomorrow. He, and I'm sure that the prophet of God did not say, this time tomorrow, God's going to talk to four leopards. They're going to go over there. He's going to make it the sound. He didn't know any of that. He just knew the word of the Lord said this. See, just because we may know what God wants to do doesn't mean we know how he's going to do it. And that's okay because it's not about us trying to make it happen. It's us beginning to receive the words that God speaks to our heart and we speak out those words so that God can make it happen. Amen? See, remember, Jesus deserves it and we get it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just honor you and love you. Lord, I just shared from my heart tonight. I just, my heart is, is that we would begin to praise and to worship and to magnify you. That today, that we would get excited about the things of God today. And that we would get excited about winning people to Jesus, but also declaring that God is moving today. God is moving. God is doing. God is still healing. God is still delivering. There's still freedom. There is still, God's still on the throne and God still wants to do all that he always has done. But it's up to this generation. It's up to our generation. And as long as we're alive, we're still in the generation that's here. We are still, yes, there are different generations. There are, we can see there's three or four generations, Father, uh, that, that it, it overlaps. But, Father, we are here. And those of us that have been there and done that and seen, we want to see again and see your glory. See your glory be made manifest. And so, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your purpose. And, Lord, our latter years are going to be far greater than our former years. I believe that with all my I believe that with all my heart, Father. Your hand is upon us. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk out your plan and your purpose. Lord, thank you for every person here. Yeah, Father, you say there's just a few. There was only eleven disciples. And then the, on the day of, you know, when they got in there, they they brought Matthias in. Hallelujah to make the twelve to take up Judas's bishop. But Father, hallelujah. Let's just say 12 men turned the world upside down. The Bible says they that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. Father, they turn, and all we need is a voice. Just that voice of one. The voice to begin to speak and to declare. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father God. 
for ordering our steps and directing our steps. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And it's not hard. It's not that we're having to go. We just have to be willing to obey your commands. And so, Lord, we honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.